Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 236 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for January 26, 2012 on tonight's show. Coming up in just a few minutes will be my good friend, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, family medicine resident at the Naval Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. We'll be talking about his first year residency, commonly known as intern year. What's it like to be an intern these days? Also talking about a recent blog post from the Future of Family Medicine blog called Life as a Family Medicine Resident Intern and Social Media Burnout. So we'll talk about that, uh, all that, and a lot more coming up on episode number 236 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, <laughs> the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, Dr. Glenn Scream. Um, this year, one of my commitments and, and a great interest is to be more engaged with you as leaders, chapter leaders, uh, and, and our frontline membership. Uh, on, on Monday, a Twitter handle, I'm privileged to be the first one to hold, uh, at AFP Prez, P-R-E-Z. I already have 29 followers. I feel so proud. Um, I have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, our current student board member, Kevin Bernstein, who has a little over 1,000. Um, and our, uh, our king of family medicine, social media, uh, Mike Sevilla, who has uh, nearly 7,000 uh, members. and social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. I'm your host. My name is Mike Savilla, family physician and social media enthusiast. What is this show about? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I tell people this is social media through the eyes of a family physician. Check out the website at familymedicinerocks.com. And shout out to all 8,283 people who will follow me on Twitter why, I don't know, uh, but very much appreciate that. Also, shout out to all 329 people who like the Facebook page for this show. Thank you so much for that. Today is Thursday, January 26th, 2012. It is 9 p.m. Eastern time. That's right, the old show time. This show, this show used to be every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, but uh, as life gets in the way... <laughs> So does the uh, showtime, so uh, usually on the weekends now, but a uh, special show here uh, this evening. Uh, and uh, temperature here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters is uh, 46 degrees Fahrenheit. And how has your week been going? It's been, uh, as usual, crazy busy around uh, here. 
And, uh, yes, that's right. It is 46 degrees in January in northeastern Ohio, which is pretty balmy for this time of year. So very happy about that. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes here will be my good friend, uh, Kevin Bernstein. First uh, met him live on this show. <laughs> Probably about a year and a half ago, interviewed him uh, from the floor of the medical student and resident meeting, of which he's the chair of. That'll be this summer. We may get into that. In my opinion, the biggest and hugest medical student and resident meeting in the country. Uh, but he is uh, a first-year family medicine resident, meaning an intern, and uh, you probably have all of those stereotypical uh, intern-type things going in your head from media and uh, TV. So we'll talk about that, see if they're actually true. He also wrote a, a blog post uh, in the very popular Future of Family Medicine blog uh, called uh, Life of a Family Medicine Intern and uh, Social Media Burnout. So we'll uh, get into that uh, as well. And also uh, coming up in just a couple of weeks will be the big and huge uh, committee meeting cluster of the American Academy of Family Physicians, of which he will be going to. So uh, we'll be uh, talking about that. And if we have time, uh, may have asked him some thoughts. Um, about his alma mater, the uh, Penn State University, and uh, his recent death of Joe Paterno. We may get into that way at the end of the show just to see what his thoughts are. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for having me as a featured host. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005, including over 200 of these Blog Talk Radio shows, and I have not been canceled. Can you believe that? And if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I'm a family physician in full-time private practice here in beautiful northeastern Ohio. And I will take my break here. And uh, after the break will be uh, my good friend Kevin Bernstein. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. What is that? Just Google FM Revolution for more details. And also a member of the ProMed Network, a podcast. You can get there by going to promednetwork.com. And we'll be right back. Medicine's leading voice in social media in my own mind. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on the line with us right now. My good friend, also known on Twitter as Bernie MD31, Dr. Kevin Bernstein. Kevin, welcome back to the show, there, my friend. Well, hello. How's it going there, Mike? I am doing well. Are, are you awake? I know you're an intern. Or, you know, are, you know, I'm glad that uh, you woke up for the show. You know, I very much appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, you sound like you're doing okay. So far, so good. Uh, yeah, I'm still awake, surprisingly, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's it is what it is, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let, let, let's get into this a little bit, because I do want to talk about your blog post uh, as well uh, from uh, last week, but uh, I guess just uh, 
just opening up, uh, just uh, how, how was your first year of residency going? Was it what you expected? Uh, uh, what uh, how's it been going for the first? Uh, what's it been uh, five or six months or something like that? About six months and uh, twenty six days, about. So uh, yeah, uh, it's so far it is definitely what I I, I expected. Um, long hours, uh, not much time off. Uh, you know, it, it it's. It's definitely been uh, been uh, an experience, that's for sure. Um, something I've never experienced before. Obviously, uh, being a med student, you uh, you work a lot of hours as a med student, uh, but definitely not as much of the responsibility, um, for sure. Uh, being the front line for pretty much everything, especially in the in my residency program, where we're pretty much the only residency residents there. So being front line, being the only residents, we pretty much run everything as far as uh, day-to-day operations, especially at night when uh, most of the uh, staff is no longer there. So uh, definitely a good experience overall, um, being able to have, uh, I guess, control and uh, uh, the experience in that we're we're running the show, basically. So it it, it definitely has been a a really good uh, good time uh, over the past six and a half months. Uh, let's kind of go back to even before everything started. Uh, I think the last time you and I chatted, uh, um, well, actually we chatted in the fall, but uh, back, back in the summertime, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about you know kind of the moving experience and, and before starting residency. Did you guys have like a orientation, or how did you guys get to know each other before the first uh, official day of residency? Well, our intern class, uh, we you know we used the you know, Facebook, we used email uh, to kind of communicate back and forth, try to figure out, uh, you know, who, who everyone was and uh, where everyone was coming from. Uh, and then at that point, uh, we all ended up graduating med school and uh, then uh, moving out and doing the whole military move thing. Uh, the military move is definitely an experience in itself. Uh, the movers come and pack you all up and uh, take you away. Uh, you don't really have to do much of anything except for inventory. So uh, if anyone's ever done a military move before, they know what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, it definitely was an experience moving all the way from Pennsylvania down to uh, Florida. Uh, it's definitely a hike. Uh, for, for for me, it was a little bit of a different experience. I did my officer training right before starting um, residency. I left the day after uh, graduating med school, um, did my officer training up in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, and then I uh, made the track down to Pensacola to start residency. And uh, we had the, the whole orientation thing going on throughout the month of June. Um, so that, that, that helped prepare you, um, but it definitely, uh, it's hard to prepare, prepare someone to be thrown right into the middle of the mix, uh, especially, uh, around July when everyone's moving up, uh, up a notch in their ranks and, uh, uh, things, uh, tend to, uh, get interesting in July, uh, for anyone who's involved with uh, patient care residencies and they know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, it, it definitely uh, just getting there and getting acquainted was was an experience uh, for sure. Uh, obviously, something I'll never really experience again because I already know what it feels like. But uh, definitely, uh, it, it, it was definitely uh, I, I don't even know. It's, it's hard to put into words. You know, going from orientation yeah. And then uh, starting uh, out. What, what was your first uh, kind of your first three months? What 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 were your first three uh, rotations there? Just uh, off the bat. So. So my first uh, my first month I was doing an, an elective because of all my responsibilities with the AAFP um, being on the board still um, uh, th- throughout that that month uh, month or so 
doing a lot of traveling, going to national conference. So I moved a second year um, elective to my first year. Um, my residency was very supportive of that, and I was very grateful um, to be able to do that. So I was doing uh, mostly uh, getting acquainted with the residency program uh, and uh, starting some research uh, and uh, getting uh, myself uh, involved, uh, continuing my involvement with the AFP, uh, being prepared for the board meetings and getting prepared for the national conference. So my first month is a little bit different um, than, than the rest of the interns, um, but, uh, uh, you know, the the following month after that uh, was was interesting. Um, it's definitely uh, something uh, where we're taking the new residency work hour rules into effect. Um, the whole 12 to 16 hour shifts for interns, you have to be out of the hospital at least 8 to 10 hours, and uh, you have to have uh, at least 24 hours off uh, within a, a given week. Um, that counts as your day off. So uh, in order to get the hours that we need to get uh, and to work according to those rules. It makes shift work a lot more interesting. We don't, we're not allowed to take calls in terms, so that's new. Um, there, there's, there's a lot of guidelines that are going on. So with my first rotation, um, I was on uh, gynecology. I was supposed to be on gynecology for uh, my rotation, uh, but the, 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 the interesting thing is I started at noon and uh, went till midnight. And uh, the reason for that was because we needed intern coverage from six o'clock at night till midnight. So in order to do that, uh, they had to shift my um, shift over uh, several hours um, to, to make up for that, to make sure that there was adequate coverage throughout the hospital. Um, so definitely interesting experience. So my first six hours for the day, I was having my gyne experience, and then the other six hours were uh, what I call day float, uh, where we cover the whole hospital. We call it cover the labor deck, we cover the ICU, we cover ER additions as well as the general um, medicine floor. Uh, so uh, until the next intern comes in at midnight uh, to as our night float to relieve us, uh, that's kind of how it goes. Uh, so definitely interesting experience, especially with the new work hour rules right off the bat. That was my first month, uh, and that was, that was my experience. Um, so I'd say I got half of a gun experience and half of uh, being thrown into the fire type of thing where I was the only intern in house for six hours helping out my, my senior residents, and that was my first uh, my first rotation. Um, so, so how how did how, how did that go? Those those first few nights where you know you're just a guy and you you're the you get the page and they say uh, Dr. Bernstein we need this happening or this is happening. Uh, uh, take me through that a little bit. That's how I mean uh, it's kind of a, everybody's rite of passage. You know when you get that page and and you're there and and you have all that doubt going through your head and can I really do this? And I don't want to mess up and uh, uh, you probably had you know uh, more than when some of those moments starting out. Absolutely. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't re specifically remember the first few pages, but I, I remember getting the pages and calling the floor and trying to figure out what was going on and going and assessing the patient and trying to come up with, you know, not, not only not only was I taking over um, for uh, the, the day team for the six-hour gap uh, in coverage, um, but I, you know, I... It, I needed to get an adequate handoff. Um, I needed to get adequate um, information about these patients before um, I, I was to see and evaluate and figure out what, what to do. Um, so that was definitely challenging, especially being my first rotation as an intern was um, learning how, how to, to appropriately hand off patients, not only receiving, but uh, br bringing the information to the next intern coming on. Uh, so, and then I feel like, 
I definitely could have gotten a lot more um, education as far as handoffs um, in medical school. Um, and I, I definitely did not feel as prepared as I would have liked um, to learn how to do handoffs. But uh, in general, I felt like my upper-level residents were very helpful um, in making that transition for me, um, being there, um, being able to help me out. Um, there wasn't really a time where things were going down, where there was, you know, two, three ladies laboring, there were a bunch of admissions and a crash going at once. I guess that would be worst-case scenario for uh, a new intern um, in their first month um, trying to figure out what to do when there's only three residents in-house. Um, so, uh, But I, I remember answering those first several calls and, you know, just trying to process all the information from my handoffs, trying to figure out uh, what, what these patients were in for, what I needed to do to um, to answer the, whatever the nurse's question was, whatever the, the problem with the patient was, and to make the, the correct and adequate uh, choice and uh, intervention, if any, um, in order to make sure the patient's care had uh, good continuity. So definitely uh, definitely an experience in, in handoff right off the bat. Uh, and I feel like that's one of the main issues coming from these uh, work hour rules. And a lot of the, the critics are, are saying that uh, you're, you're getting more handoffs, you're, you're requiring more education and more, um, uh, m more training and properly um, handing off patients. So trying to find out this, this, this good balance between not working as many hours as physicians did in the past when training, getting adequate training over the three-year time period you're in residency and continuing with patient safety. So it's finding that fine balance. And I, I think uh, just from that experience alone, where we're, we're not quite there yet, I think it's definitely a work in progress for sure. On the line with us, uh, we have uh, uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, a family medicine resident, intern extraordinaire from the Naval Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. You can find him on Twitter at uh, BernieMD31, and also um, one of the main authors of the Future of Family Medicine blog. Um, now, I remember about a year ago, maybe even a little bit more than that, uh, Kevin, uh, I, I think you wrote on your blog where we, we, we talked about um, uh, what uh, new interns can maybe teach those um, senior medical students as far as, you know, make sure that you get uh, this type of experience or this type of knowledge before you graduate uh, uh, medical school and, and start your intern year uh, uh, yourself. Uh, so you're about you're halfway through now. Uh, uh, so I'm going to ask you the question, uh, you know, it's, uh, to those uh, uh, senior medical students right now interviewing, uh, for residencies for next year, or what advice uh, do you have uh, for them as far as you know trying to round out their medical knowledge before they hit their graduation day? Hmm, that's a good question because I the first thing I would say is enjoy your time now while you still can. That's good. As far as knowledge, I mean. Considering interns are, are, are the uh, the first line as far as uh, from the general ward calling, uh, you know, uh, trying to figure out. Well, I mean, if, uh, 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 you, you did mention something about handoffs. Was there was there like something specific that that uh, that you could pass on to them, or is, is it just is it is it specific to the program, or or um, or to your medical school, or what what did you find challenging about the handoffs, or or or, or you know what uh, what would you, did you find troublesome about that? 
So it's definitely specific to the program as far as what the responsibilities are of the residents and interns, um, especially when a lot of the staff positions are no longer in-house. Um, now, in smaller programs, mine's a 777 program, but we're the only residency in the hospital. Uh, so we're, we're taking calls for pretty much everybody. Uh, so that's something that, that as, a, as a student uh, applying um, and interviewing and eventually matching in a program needs to think about, uh, you know, what's going to happen when all or most of the staff is out of house and uh, how many people are going to be in-house covering, you know, as an intern, how many seniors am I going to have available to me um, to, to help me out if I need it. Um, so that's definitely something uh, to consider when looking at different residency programs um, and getting uh, – getting educated, uh, getting familiar with handoffs uh, during medical school. Um, sometimes uh, in some of my rotations, the, the, we had handoffs for the next oncoming team, the night team, whatever the case may be, and my upper level or my intern would say, you know, you can go now. We're just handing off um, for the day to the night team. And at that point, I would say, okay, well, if you don't need me, uh, if there's nothing else I can do, then I guess I'll get going. Um, uh, looking back at that now, I wish I would have stayed a lot, um, a, a lot more often in those handoffs, handoffs um, with the other um, interns or residents to see what they would do, how they would communicate with each other, and 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 uh, just to figure out what effective um, styles they used to get the get the, um, get the whatever the work needed to be done on a patient, get the, them familiar with the patient, um, just to see the different styles. Uh, it, it, that's with anything, though, you know. With attending physicians, you know, you, you model yourself after certain things that you want to take away, and there's certain things they say, oh, I'm, that's something I wouldn't do. But I, I feel like that that's really important as far as handoffs is, is, is concerned. So for any medical student out there that, uh, that that's told, you know, maybe, you know, we're, we're just handing off right now, or you, you can get going, it's probably a good idea to at least stay around for some of those just to, just to get a feel and a grasp for what, what goes on um, during those handoffs and, and how to properly communicate and learning how to how improper communication can lead to issues as well. Uh, I think that's really important. Do you have uh, uh, um, uh, medical students uh, that follow you around now, or, or, or do you have medical students that are interviewing in your program now, and, and, and how is that for you? That's got to be interesting being on the other side of that. Absolutely. Um, I at times I, I forget that I, that I'm no longer um, on the other side. But there's other times that I, I also get so caught up in um, you know the, the situation, caught up in the patient care, caught up in the things that I need to do. That sometimes I I forget that you know I have uh, students there um, that are that are trying and um, willing to help out and uh, that, that are really um, interested in what we need we want to do. So. It's it's definitely been a difficult um, transition. Uh, remembering that you know now now I'm an intern and now I I, I have um I have resources and I I have um, medical students that want to learn that want to help um, and also want to do their part for the team, but also trying to figure out uh, how how I'm I'm going to learn how to how, um, bring bring along my specific style of practice um, on my own because I know. In the Navy, if you're stationed somewhere where you're the only physician, you're not going to have those resources. So I also need to learn how to be able to manage things on my own. So it's definitely trying to find a, a fine balance and 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 how to how to incorporate uh, the resources around me, but also learning how to be able to manage things on my own. So that's something that I've been getting better at uh, for sure. 
Uh, I'm kind of interested a little bit on the on the tech ag- angle too, as far as uh, um, uh, references and things. When you're in the hospital, when you're in your office, when you're when you're in the wards, um, are using uh, iPhone apps, or do, do you guys have uh, uh, you know computer workstations there that you're able to uh, look up things, or what kind of resources or or things that that you do when you're in the clinic or when you're in the hospital? So we definitely have both. Um, the the one good thing, um, the uh, the electronic medical record in the military is AHLTA. Uh, we call it ULTA. Um, uh, it's, uh, that's our EMR, um, universal throughout uh, all of Navy medicine. I believe the other two um, uh, uh, services also use the uh, use ULTA. Um, so when we're in clinic, uh, a lot of um, a lot of the templates that we use um, have recommendations on there as far as screening and prevention. So the whole um, uh, in the Navy we call it medical home port. Um, that's that's what they're uh, that, that's our our version of the patient centered medical home. That whole transition, that whole transformation is definitely making it helpful um, in regards to the, the resources that you have within the clinics, as well as the resources you have um, on your um, electronic um, records. Uh, we also have a lot of different resources available on our um, intranet um, at the Naval Hospital. Um, I, I personally use Dynamed. Um, I really like Dynamed. They also have up-to-date. So they definitely have the resources that uh, most students and residents, um, as well as attending physicians, tend to use as far as looking up evidence-based um, and, uh, and, and uh, guidelines for recommendations and care. Uh, but you know, I also use my iPhone, uh, of course. Uh, I have uh, a lot of ap- applications that I like to use. I have Dynamed. That's my that's my go-to app for anything as far as looking for evidence behind things and my different treatment plans. Oh, yeah. Well, I, 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 I've tried out Dynamed a little bit, and uh, um, I, I don't know. Um, it's uh, maybe just a style type of thing, uh, and it's been a little bit challenging for me to uh, to try to, to try to work that. So what, what, what do you like about uh, Dynamed? What I like about Dynamed is that uh, they give you um, levels of evidence behind uh, a lot of the, the, the different treatment options. They give you specific studies. So when when you're rounding or when you're writing your um, HMPs or you're writing your progress notes and you need to, you know, prove why you're choosing a certain treatment or antibiotic or intervention, you could say this is the study I referenced and this and that. And I feel like compared to up-to-date, there's a lot more levels of uh, evidence, uh, evidence-based evidence um, styles of medicine and references within Dynamed, and it's a lot easier to use on your um, on your mobile phone for sure. Uh, so I, I feel I feel Dynamed kind of helps you look like a stud um, on rounds because you're able to reference specific articles. Um, you're able to sum up the articles really well because Dynamed just lays it out for you. Um, it, it takes all the critical information from all the different studies that it references. So I feel that I. It's a it's a great application. Of course, I use AFP by topic um, on, on my phone um, whenever I don't have my computer in front of me. Um, that that definitely is an application that's in 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 progress. I think it could be a lot better. It's, it's not searchable, so that make, makes it a lot more difficult to use. But that that's that's a, a program that I like to use on my phone. Um. All right. Um, on line with this, we have uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, uh, BernieMD31 on Twitter, and also um, author of the Future Family Medicine blog. And why don't we get into this here? So uh, blog post from Thursday, January 19, 2012. Uh, the title is Life as a Family Medicine Intern and Social Media Burnout. And I'll read a little bit of this uh, to, to kind of get us started. Um, so we start out by saying, you know, this uh, – Rewind to November, this blog uh, had its best month ever, almost 4,000 hits. 
then it says, along came my month in ICU, an intern without a senior resident managing a census that's not many of my peers had during their ICU experience. With this, we bring in the idea of new work rules, work hour rules for interns, working six days a week, 12 to 16 hours per shift, which we talked about. Eight to 12 hours off between a 24-hour hiatus known uh, as a day off. Uh, one day during my rotation, I checked out my cloud score to notice I had plummeted many points. And it's uh, to kind of fast forward to the meat of this. And it says here, well, after much debate trying to figure out how to say it, here it is. I am officially burned out from social media. Is it intern year question mark? Is it everything I am involved with my residency program in or nationally with AAFP? Were my expectations too high in the current stage of my medical career? Question mark. So, um, so Kevin, uh, what uh, um, you know, what, what was the impetus of this blog? Were you just feeling really frustrated? It sounds like it uh, um, through this blog post. How did it come about? Well, uh, it, it, it's a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, I, I mean, right in the thick of things, an intern year, right at the halfway mark. I'm just looking back and looking at uh, my social media usage, um, whether it's Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Participating in uh, you know Twitter chats and uh, obviously writing blog posts, uh, just looking at the total decline and almost non-existence. Uh, at, at one point, I think I, it was on, on my Twitter. Uh, it was just my um, FM Revolution uh, daily newspaper that auto-generates every day uh, for probably a good seven to ten days without without any other usage. So I look at that and I, I kind of said, "Wow." <laughs> Things have definitely uh, hit rock bottom as far as social media. Uh, and then I, then I look at my blog and I, I see that there has not been a post since you know mid end of November. And I don't know, it just came came down on me as far as uh, trying to figure out uh, what what what's going on and just kind of evaluating the whole situation as far as uh, not just social media but life in general. Um, is this uh, is this going to continue? What, what what will I be able to do to kind of recover from this? Um, but uh, I don't know. It, for for someone like me that likes to get involved in so many things, I think that uh, it was a combination of many many factors uh, as far as uh, my involvement uh, with my residency program, uh, developing a research project um, within the program, uh, trying to make sure that uh, that I do really well because um, uh, I feel like coming in with all the other responsibilities I've had with the AAFP, um, I, I, I feel like it, 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 was, it would be in my best interest to make sure that I'm also performing really well in my internship and my, and my, residency, my residency program to make sure that, that other people don't see that as me trying to put that as, a, as an aside and focusing on all my other efforts. So a lot on the plate all at once, um, and something, I guess, had to go. Um, and for me, it was definitely social media, for sure. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I felt like a lot of things go on at once. Um, trying to make sure that I'm learning. I'm trying to make sure that I'm advancing. Um, make sure that I'm not falling behind and staying at the top of my game. Uh, I, I never like, um, being down as far as, uh, as far as anything I do, whether it's me presenting in our morning reports, whether it's, uh, performing in rounds, uh, whatever the case may be. I, I always, I always try to try to, put in my all and I was putting in my all in a lot of different areas and it was just getting too much. <laughs> so 
I, yeah, I can uh, I, I can definitely uh, relate to that. Uh, when I was in residency back in the last century, uh, where before 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 social media, I, I kind of uh, hit bottom too during my uh, intensive care rotation. And, and for people who may not be familiar with it or haven't been through it, um, it is a very humbling experience. Um, it uh, you're, you're you're working a, a lot of hours. Um, it's very intense. Obviously, you know, patients there are sicker than other places in the hospital. So um, you have to, you know, have to bring your best game and, uh, you know, not look stupid um, and to try to keep up with things, try to look up things on the fly, um, especially things like research or, you know, and, and for, for people who may not know, I mean, you know, um, you know, for, for some people, and, 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 and I was uh, one of them, when you're in your intensive care rotation, you're there with, with residents from other specialties, um, like internal medicine or that type of thing. So, um, so there's that thing too, where, you know, there's a little chip on the shoulder of some residents, um, you know, especially when it comes to family medicine and, uh, uh, bias out there that family medicine doesn't know as much as other, uh, specialties. Uh, so there's that burden on you. Um, and you may be the only resident there from your family medicine resident, uh, program. Um, trying to fight it out with these other residents when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to procedures, when it comes to, um, you know, uh, not not getting uh, on the big doc or the attending doc's uh, bad side or the nurses and all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, there was not a lot of sleep that month. And uh, my wife can tell you, <laughs> and I know you're married too, uh, my wife can tell you that uh, she, she didn't really see me that much uh, that month. And it was, it was a very, very tough thing. Um, so, so I'm definitely with you. I felt, you know, very burned out that month. Um, but you know, as I finished that, um, and I got through my next rotation, I got through through that year. I mean, I, I learned so much, uh, during that month in intensive care that I still hold uh, today. I, I, sometimes I still refer to some of those notes that I had from back then, because, uh, you know, that, that is when, uh, you develop a lot of this, knowledge and a lot of this uh, habits about, you know, a diagnosis and ordering tests and that type of thing. Uh, so, so for me, I mean, looking back on it, that was a, 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 a tough month for me. I would say a, a character building uh, month for me in my internship and residency. Um, and I still reflect on it uh, today as I am right now. So, so I, that was definitely, I was definitely there as far as burnout uh, goes. Uh, so it's, it's, it was, uh, I'm starting getting choked up by it now talking about it. Uh, so it was definitely there. And, uh, um, and, and to add a layer of social media frustration on top of that, I can't even try to imagine what, uh, what you were going through there, Kevin. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, uh, in our ICU, um, it, it's not a big ICU. Um, it's, uh, it's only, I think five or six beds, uh, or, you know, smaller communities, stop based hospital, but, Definitely had uh, sick patients in there my my entire month, um, going you know every day, uh, trying to figure out why my patients just weren't getting better, uh, no matter what I tried to do, uh, no matter what my my attending and I decided to do, and uh, uh, it's and just to layer that on top of everything else, not not being able to you know get the results that you want to see immediately with with the patients that you're putting all of your your energy into uh, for all the hours that you're there uh, throughout every week, uh, it's that that also added to the the whole thing, and you know, yeah, not not being able to to see your you know your wife, uh, my wife, I haven't been wasn't able to see that much either on that rotation, um, and then right after that, I started on uh, on our uh, night float system, and that was uh, midnight to noon. So for six out of the, six days out of the week, I uh, on that I was not seeing my wife at all. Um, so 
it, it, it definitely definitely was a, a low point as far as morale is concerned. Um, uh, and, and, you know, adding everything else in life on, onto that, uh, as, we, as we talked about before, uh, definitely just, it, it just adds to everything. Um, but no, I, know, I, I, uh, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I feel like, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely giving me some time to kind of self-reflect on the, on the experience, uh, as far as, uh, not 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 just learning from it, but uh, knowing knowing how I, I will be able to react in those types of situations the next time uh, if I were to encounter them. Uh, knowing uh, knowing my limitations, uh, knowing how to how to cope appropriately with them, because at times I don't feel like I I had the appropriate coping mechanisms to get to get through some of the days, and I, I feel like I've definitely learned a lot as far as how to get through those days a lot more effectively and a lot better on 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 my. Uh, you know, my mental and biopsychosocial uh, well-being. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely learn uh, some skills as far as, uh, you know, how, how to function on little sleep. Uh, you, re- you certainly learn how what your limitations are as far as, well, I, I think I'll be able to handle this or I won't be able to handle this or I should really ask for help or I think I'm okay. Uh, so those little things that, that you start to uh, that you start to learn about, um uh, but it's interesting in, in our chat room here. We have uh, right now we have uh, uh, Dr. Jennifer Shu, my, my good friend uh, from at, uh, Atlanta and uh, from CNN. Uh, but she has, she has an interesting question here. Um, uh, do you think it's easier to have a spouse who's in medicine or outside uh, of medicine? Uh, what do you think about that, Kevin? Uh, I'd say yes and yes and no and no. <laughs> um, I. I mean, I am so happy that I have a wife outside of medicine. Um, uh, as, as far as uh, being able to come home and not have to talk as much about medicine anymore, um, not having to to hear about medicine from someone else anymore, um, just hearing about something else, having other interests to talk about, um, other interests to, uh, to, uh, to to speak and to, to listen, and just to, just to hear something different uh, for a change, especially during residency, internship, what have you. Uh, but there's also times where um, I, you know, she there's only so much if you're not in medicine you can understand as far as uh, being you know awake for so long or you know being in certain situations where you need to make quick decisions and you need to uh, know your limitations and you, you kind of push yourself to to the limit and not many people understand that uh, unless unless they're in that specific situation um, or they've they've been there before uh, so it, it's it's difficult to communicate that um, especially when you know when someone uh, that may be working you know half or um, a third less than you uh, talk about uh, being tired or having uh, you know yeah. that, you know you you would say uh, but you don't uh, because you, you don't want to admit it uh, but uh, just to see people um, that, that that don't work as much um, complaining of the things that you would complain about but but you don't because you don't want to you know you don't want to show that you're down um, so that that can get frustrating at times for sure. But uh, overall, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, my, my my wife is in education, and um, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. There's times where it's just like I don't want to talk about my job anymore. I don't want to talk about work anymore. I'll talk about just about anything else. 
Um, and then there are other times where, you know, it's you have this emotion and uh, don't know what to do with it, and it would just take too darn long to explain the whole situation, to frame it for somebody else who's not in a situation, um, and it's just too frustrating to set up. And you just, like, sit there and you just go through that, whether it's uh, being mad or being frustrated or being happy or uh, trying to deal with that on your own. Uh, so I, I definitely hear you on, on, on both of those points. Uh, there, there, there are, uh, you know, good and bad days. Um, uh, and I guess that just, that just comes with the, with the territory, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now Jen also had a question about, uh, just social media in general among your colleagues and peers and interns, um, are they into it? Are they not into it? Do they know that you're into it? Do they care? Um, what kind of reaction are you getting, if any? Well, uh, I guess it depends on what, what usage I'm using. Uh, so I, I, I'm sure you, you've, uh, you've probably seen at least one of the articles. I'm writing for the Navy Medicine Live um, blog now um, as well, uh, in addition to the other projects that I'm doing. Um, so there, there's the career social media um, usage that I have that uh, my command is actually um, taking notice of. Um, our uh, commanding officer, uh, you know, the, our skipper, the, the top-ranking uh, in my chain of command at our hospital, um, has personally um, thanked me for my contributions for the command as far as, uh, you know, kind of making our uh, our naval hospital um, shine in the lights of, a, of a Navy medicine as a whole. Uh, and my That's contributions great. To, to the Navy um, live blog. So I have my professional um, social media usage that everyone around me knows about. Um, also, you know, the personal. Uh, I use Facebook more as a personal type of uh, social media usage, um, and Twitter is kind of my intermediate between personal and uh, and professional. So I, as a whole, I'd say my fellow interns and residents, uh, they, they know that I, that I'm very involved. So they know that I'm, uh, very, very into using these tools. Um, but I, I mean, as, as looking at back in medical school and, and now again, as residents, um, not many of them are using, um, these social media tools for professional use. It's just the, the amount of hours we get away from our work is, it, it's not something that we're, that, that a lot, uh, of, uh, people around me are using for professional usage um, or of interest in medicine. So still, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how, how that's going to change anytime soon. Um, but uh, I definitely see that, uh, that that's still being there uh, even after uh, graduating medical school. How about the, uh, the people that you're treating, the patients? Um, do, do they ask about, do they find things on the internet? Are they familiar with the internet? I mean, do, do, do they do they know that you're on the internet or or any of that type of stuff? So I, I don't have I have yet to have a patient uh, tell me they've seen me on the internet. Um, but uh, then again, I'm 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 only in um, clinic a half a day um, per week as an intern. So my my patient panel isn't too large. Um, but I, I have yet to have um, a patient say that they've seen me um, or an article or anything about me on the internet. Uh, so I haven't experienced that from patients. Um, I know obviously that uh, some of them are using um, social media, uh, as, as many people across the United States is. Uh, but uh, I, I have I have yet to encounter that uh, specifically. I know at uh, at our at our uh, naval hospital, we're uh, we're using something called Relay Health, um, which is uh, a secure messaging um, type of system. Yes. Kind of like uh, uh, I, I don't know if, if you're familiar with Relay Health. Um, yes, but, uh, I, I am. I am. Uh, but okay. for people who don't know, uh, what what is it? 
so Relay Health is a, it's pretty much a secure messaging system where it's, it's almost like email communications uh, where you can get in, in touch with your, your provider um, and then, then you can uh, have communications back and forth. Unfortunately, as an intern, I'm not, I'm not really locked into that yet because I, I still haven't had, I don't have my state licensure yet because I didn't, haven't taken the boards yet and I, I still need to get state licensure um, taken care of so they, they haven't been able to set me up with that. But there's a lot of providers that are using it uh, and that, that's kind of more along with our medical home port, um, patient-centered medical home transformation. Um, so patients are using it. I know that they, they are definitely using that uh, for communications with uh, with their providers. So if they're using that, I'm sure that they're also using other social media um, avenues. Uh, and I think once I get involved with Relay Health, I think it's going to be a lot easier for me to say, hey, um, if, if you want to follow along, and uh, at that point, maybe I'll make, make Twitter a little bit more professional, maybe make a little more patient-centered uh, messaging on, on Twitter. Um, I could say, you know, you could follow along with me here. You can contact me through Relay Health um, just to just to bring them uh, into the, the whole uh, patient-centered um, type of communication and uh, to try and use uh, all the tools that I can adequately to, to help with their, uh, with their care. Uh, on the line with us, we have uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, family medicine resident and intern at uh, the Naval Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. Follow him on Twitter at uh, BernieMD31. And also uh, check out the blog at uh, futurefamilymedicine.blogspot.com. And uh, the last section of our interview here, it's uh, going to be our favorite that, that we always get into, is uh, talking about advocacy, talking about family medicine advocacy, why family medicines. My family medicine rocks, basically. Uh, and uh, kind of the origin of this interview uh, is that, well, of course, we love the chat, um, but uh, talking about the, the American Academy of Family Physicians and uh, coming up um, in just a couple of weeks uh, will be their huge uh, committee cluster uh, uh, meeting. And it's where all the, the committees of the academy come together and uh, that they uh, talk about, you know, whatever – you know, um, you know uh, about family medicine, about advocacy, about uh, patient issues, about all that type of stuff. And um, the the thing that uh, I kind of want to start out the conversation is that, uh, you know, you are um, a resident chair of the, the, the hugest, the, the biggest fa- uh, resident and uh, medical student meeting in the country, I believe, uh, that's going to take place uh, this summer. It is the National Conference of Family Medicine Residents and Medical Students taking place July 26th through 28th. Uh, 2012 in Kansas City. Uh, so let me just start out this conversation, Kevin, by uh, you know, you know, talking about. You know, I'd, I'd like to talk about that meeting first, as far as you know, that, that's kind of where we kind of met, like on the radio. Uh, and uh, uh, tell me why, you know, wh- wh- why is that meeting important to you? Well, why should it be important to residents and medical students? Or what, why is it important to family medicine in general? Well, for me personally, that's where I kind of got my start as far as in family medicine, not only just with the leadership opportunities that I've had, but just with the energy and, and uh, the, the community of family medicine um, as a whole, um, you only get a little taste of it uh, being in medical school, um, uh, being in your clinical rotations, your family medicine interest group, which you only meet with, you know, several times throughout the year. Um, this is a time where oh, over two, three days you get you know, in your face, family medicine, not just the specialty and its scope, but the people that are involved in it. And I think that's that's the big thing. It's that you can you can come to understand the scope of pretty much anything. Um, a little bit more difficult to figure out the scope of family medicine depending on what medical school you're going to in the region of the country are to, to realize the broad scope of family medicine. 
But once you get there, you you you, you learn the, the the scope if you haven't learned it before. But you also get to meet all the people within the community. I think that was that was probably the the biggest biggest thing that that I learned um, coming to the national conference was the the people within the specialty are just fabulous. The it's the the camaraderie, the uh, um, the, the the passion just for patient care, um, for, for the specialty, um, just for medicine in general. Um, it, 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 it just, it's an energy that you can't feel anywhere else. Uh, it is, like you said, the largest resident and student, um, conference it is, um, out of any specialty, out of medicine as a whole, it is the largest um, resident and student conference in the country. Uh, so that's another thing. You, you're never around as many residents and students at once. You're never around as many residency programs at once. So it really is a, it, it really is a celebration of of the, of the specialty, and I, I feel a celebration of medicine in general. Because when you think about medicine, everything that family physicians do is medicine. Uh, when I grew up, uh, you know, envisioning what type of doctor I wanted to be. Just looking at my life in general, I like to do pretty much everything. Um, uh, that's, that's how I approach medicine. I wanted to, to, to do a little bit of everything uh, and, and being able to be a, a part of that, being able to be around people that, that practice medicine. That, that was my definition of medicine, is healing medicine. Um, that, that's where it really came together for me, especially at my first conference where I knew a little bit about family medicine, but I didn't know that much. Um, and it, it really brought brought that to light to me. So definitely definitely the experience i would say to any any medical student out there whether they're first second third even if they're about to be a fourth year going into you know their fourth year applying figuring out what specialty they want to go into even if they don't end up in medicine just to learn about the specialty being able to learn about the community it's just it, it it's it, it it's you, you, like i said you are just you, you can't compare it you have to go to it <laughs> Uh, and, and coming up, even sooner than that, we'll, we'll, in early February, will we'll be uh, these uh, you, know, you know committee meetings, uh, and uh, which are very important. And it's uh, it, it's important in that for some of these uh, medical students and family medicine residents, um, it is their first real exposure to organized medicine. Um, and and working in a um, you know medical organization for advocacy, and you probably remember your first uh, committee meetings. Uh, so for these people who have you know th- these these new people, these energetic people uh, that are that are coming to these committee meetings, uh, what advice do you have for them as far as you know how uh, you know, how to become you know, an active participant. How, how to how to dive right in there and and uh, and to get into these discussions. Well, I remember my first meeting that uh, that uh, I went to uh, my my first cluster. Um, you you go into these leadership positions. You go into these things because you want to make a change and you you want to advocate for your patients, for your specialty, um, whatever the case may be. Uh, you, you have that drive, you have that passion to want to make change, to want to, you know, steer a certain direction. Um, but remembering that the boat that you're trying to steer is very, very large. And that's something that you don't realize until you get there. And to realize that you can't just steer, you know, in a total 180 degree direction or into a direction that's very difficult to a- attain um, that you'd be able to do with something a little smaller. So, uh it, it definitely is a worthwhile experience, um, but going into it knowing that, uh, you know, 
you, you want to make a lot of change. You want to make a difference, but you need you need to realize that it, it is a big shift that you're trying to steer, and uh, you need to make little changes, and, and you need to chip away at the little things um, to, to to make that difference, and you know not get frustrated that you don't see immediate results or uh, whatever the case may be as far as what you were trying to do um, or accomplish going into that position, and being able to face your constituency and say. You know, I, I understand what we want to do here, but, it, you know, it will take time and patience. Uh, and, uh, you know, we might not be there yet, um, but that, you know, that, that comes with any type of leadership position, being able to effectively communicate with your constituencies. So uh, that, that's another skill that, that I learned um, as far as how to, how to deal with the, the people who are upset. You can't make everybody happy. That's another thing that, that I've come away with these meetings, um, uh, learning from membership feedback, um, learning from your constituency feedback, that uh, being able to effectively communicate with the, the ones that are most vocal or the ones that are most happy or most upset. And, uh, and that, that's, a, that's a really, really good acquired skill to learn um, uh, at these meetings. Uh, so I, I would say going to those meetings, those, what I, everything I just I talked about um, that, that is definitely to consider um, before getting there. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I talk to well, even new committee members, whether even their attendings too, is that these these meetings move pretty fast, and uh, you definitely have to be prepared when you come in. Uh, you have to read everything that you're given, and sometimes these agenda um, items are are uh, long, uh, many, many, many pages. Uh, so you definitely have to read everything, you know, and highlight and ask questions, and uh, you know, don't don't be afraid to to uh, to step in uh, right away. Um, this is you know, th th this is uh, definitely a learning environment, um, and uh, you know, it's uh, th there's a lot of experience uh, usually around the table, and uh, um, it it's definitely a, a, a teaching moment uh, when you come into these advocacy things, and uh, you know how to learn about um, you know Robert's Rules of Order or whatever as far as how these meetings go. It can be pretty intimidating coming out, but uh, when I tell new committee members, I mean, you have to be prepared. But you know, aside from that, don't don't be afraid to you know to to speak up and and speak your mind and speak your heart and 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 speak to you know those patients that you're taking care of at home or those docs that are at home uh, that that can't come to these uh, meetings, your colleagues, uh, even to 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 kind of try to speak up for them and 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 uh, take the next step as far as advocacy and and uh, you know to, trying to. Uh, you know, trying to make a difference and trying to change. And you're definitely right, Kevin. Uh, you know that uh, we're not. Uh, uh, the goal is not to have huge, enormous leaps and bounds uh, changes. Uh, you know, a, a little bit of change uh, at a time, and, and which can be very frustrating for people who are looking for bigger results. Absolutely. And uh, I remember getting my my first uh, my first agenda. It was definitely between the size of Robbins and uh, Harrison's internal medicine, the, the amount of pages, the amount of material that they send you. Um, now now I ask for it to be sent electronically so I don't get too overwhelmed. <laughs> but uh, there's, it's a lot of material. Uh, it's it's very quick. Um, some you, you can't you can't just read it on the airplane going to the meeting. Uh, this is something that you need to uh, you need to dedicate time towards, and you're representing your constituency. They're counting on you to make the right decisions um, in, in, in their best interest. So, you, you need to get through all the material. You need to be prepared, um, and even if it's your first meeting, you, you can't be um, timid or um, shy. Or you, you have to be able to speak up because the meetings are quick, uh, even though they're 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 long sessions, um, but they're only a few days and. If you don't 
take your time to go over the material and you're not prepared to, to represent your constituencies, it's, it's going to go it's right by you the, the entire time. And you know, before you know it, the meeting will be over and you, know, you probably didn't do a good job uh, advocating for your, for your constituencies and advocating for the best interest of the academy. So um, definitely uh, go through the material, um, definitely learn it and uh, figure out uh, what's going to be the most important talking points um, to, to figure out uh, before you get there. How does it uh, how does it feel being on the other side of that? I mean, you're no longer the new guy, and uh, there's going to be a, a lot of people coming into this meeting, uh, uh, leaning on you, um, and uh, asking about your experience, and uh, having you be the mentor uh, to them as far as from a leadership standpoint. And uh, that's uh, uh, that's going to be uh, you know a little bit a different role for you in the past, I would think. Absolutely, uh, just. Looking back at my first meeting compared to um, uh, the most recent ones, uh, the thing that I'm, I'm trying to learn now is how to balance um, everything that I, I want to uh, contribute. Uh, you know, more and more you get involved, more and more that you know, um, the more meetings that you attend, it, it, it seems like the more you, you end up participating. Um, so trying to make sure that you're not dominating the meeting uh, is, is definitely uh, something that uh, is, that's another acquired skill, uh, you know, being an effective listener as well as being an effective communicator and balancing the two and listening to everyone's ideas and making sure no one's getting left out. So uh, as far as being in the mentor seat, um, kind of, you know, bring, bring the best out of everybody in the room, trying to figure out who has um, something to contribute, uh, what, what they, what their thoughts are on certain things. And if, if you, if you notice that they're, they're struggling, um, you know, taking them aside later on and, you know, in between a session and during a break and say, you know, how can I help you um, get through this material? Um, or how can I help you develop um, thoughts or ideas or uh, just, just to figure out uh, how to, how, how to approach, the material, how to approach the meeting, you know, reaching out and figuring out how to help them. Um, because as as much as 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 strong as one leader is, uh, if, if there's a weak leader, uh, it, it just, you know, you, they say you're only a weak as good as your weakest link. But uh, uh, you know that that can be taken into you know a different context. But uh, you want to make sure that. Uh, the other uh, idea behind that is making sure that uh, when you're done with your leadership, um, reaching back and bringing someone else along and developing another effective leader is, is also just as important. Uh, in the chat room here, I'm going to read these comments from, uh, from uh, good friend, Jen. Uh, uh, he says, very good point. You can't please everyone all the time. A uh, great life lesson in general. She also says, uh, I wish I were as uh, insightful uh, slash mature as uh, Kevin when I was an intern. I think I was busy gaining the freshman 15 again and not uh, trying to fall asleep. <laughs> At the wheel, post call. Props to you! Exclamation point. So, uh, so thank you there, uh, Jen. Uh, good, uh, good comments there. So I, uh, I, I usually don't have the chat room open, but I did because of Jen, and uh, that was why. So, so thank you for those comments there. Yes, th- thank you for sure for those comments. Uh, th- and that just uh, kind of a, a look into everything that I've been juggling around now. Now with the Navy Medicine blog and with the AFP um, and. And, and now trying to get involved with the you know, Uniform Service Academy of Family Physicians, trying to you know find my role there, and trying to, to, to figure out what my my uh, my line into uh, leadership development there is going to be. Uh, it's 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 just another added element to uh, the multiple things I have going on. Um, <laughs> in addition to, I'm, I'm still still an intern, <laughs> by the way. So 
<laughs> trying to trying yeah. to finish intern year year strong, but also you know having a goal in mind as far as le- you know further leadership development, further involvement with uh, with the Navy, and uh, trying to figure out what my career path uh, in the Navy is going to be, whether it's going to be academically or administratively or uh, you know, or within the leadership pipeline. So you know I'm, I'm only you know several months in the Navy, uh, but uh, you always need to have your career in mind with every every opportunity you have because. Uh, yeah, it goes by so fast. Uh, and, and you know, I have to ask you the social media question. So, um, so how, how are you going to uh, help the uh, residents and students really just blow up this uh, committee weekend uh, using uh, social media um, all over the place here? Good question. Uh, <laughs> during the meeting, uh, um, I, I've learned that. Uh, uh, I guess social media use during meetings definitely not uh, effective listening and communications uh, during during uh, you know deliberations and uh, inputs and feedback and that type of thing. So I, I've actually uh, I've gone towards the direction of uh, having uh, phone laptop off uh, if if possible um, during during these uh, these meetings. But uh, interesting uh, after afterwards uh, uh, kind of sharing you know things that you can share. Um, uh, with the on, online and the community, your followers, um, the you know the FM revolution, whatever the case may be, um, kind of participating in that, reaching out to the constituents, uh, it's an effective way of doing so. Um, whether if it's uh, it, you know Twitter, Facebook, whatever the case may be, uh, Google Plus, whatever, uh, <laughs> using using those tools to, to kind of show, you know, these are the things, these are the topics that we went over today. Um, we're really excited about the progress we're making. We hope, you know, that our, our, our progress is, uh, is meeting your demands. If you have any feedback for us that we can bring to the table the next day or if there's anything that we can bring while we're at the meeting, um, being able to use those tools to, to bring that input into the meeting rooms as well. So kind of as a preparatory or intermediate uh, way of uh, bringing in uh, involvement from, from the outside and into the, into the meeting room. Now, looking at um, national conference, uh, I, I feel like that's definitely a, a different a role for social media usage, especially with the congresses or on the exhibit floor, um, where you're not as formalized, not around the board table. You're not, uh, you're not, you know, you, you have your attention in many different areas at these meetings, for sure. Um, and, and you know, the use of social media definitely brings another dimension to that, and I think uh, a very helpful dimension to it. But when when in the when in the boardroom, when in the meeting room, I feel that uh, that uh, social media should should be kind of um, tuned down or tuned out, uh, and just have your focus on on the task at hand um, to make sure that you're not only effectively communicating your point, but also effectively listening. Um, because a lot of miscommunications happens when you're not effectively listening. Um, all right. So, and uh, you know, I uh, but my my secret plan for having this uh, show with you, Kevin. And now you can't say anything, so don't say anything. Uh, but uh, you know, for I, I, I uh, me and my good friend uh, Jay Lee uh, uh, applied to uh, have a, a session at the uh, national conference uh, this year. And uh, I just wanted to tell everybody just to vote for us because we are awesome. We are just the uh, – it's going to be the best uh, session uh, that National Conference has ever seen. Uh, so I am already trying to take advantage of social media to influence the people who are going to be voting for those sessions because I am just awesome. So uh, I know you can't say anything, So, uh, but I just want to tell everybody 
vote for Mike. That's uh, that's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> and, I, and I have seen your your guys' proposal, and I uh, and I'm very excited about it. And uh, I, uh, uh, is there anything else you would like to share with us uh, <laughs> prior to that decision? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about family medicine advocacy. We're going to talk about how we use uh, social media to help spread the uh, message of uh, family medicine, how awesome it is. And, uh, you know, we would really uh, welcome the opportunity uh, to do that this summer uh, because, uh, you know, we believe that uh, National Conference has never seen a session like ours. So uh, uh, we really want the committee to, uh, you know, Keep us in mind. Well, don't keep us in mind. Just vote for us. You know, just just get it over with. You know, don't even think about it. You know, just just uh, just just check the box, and uh, you know, we'll see you in July. So that's that's my pitch for the uh, for the selection <laughs> committee. <laughs> well, I, oh, and, I don't uh, believe... I, uh, I, my name is Mike Savilla, and I approve this message. <laughs> I uh, looking back at the past three years, I don't believe that there has ever been, uh, if any. Um, uh, a session or exhibit on social media at our national conference, believe it or not, uh, of residents and students, the, the ones you would think would be using social media the most out of any of these conferences. So you've already got the uh, leg up on being. Uh, hey, hey, you can't, you, you, you know, you can't be, you can't be any bias here, Kevin. You can't be, you know, look like <laughs> that you're in a bank for us. You know, you have to, you have to remain above the fray, you know, above my begging. <laughs> Of uh, of people to uh, to uh, to consider us so uh, so you know I'm, stay, I'm just stay laying, strong, man. I'm laying stay strong. Out. Don't, don't don't let me influence you. I'm laying out the facts. That's all I'm doing. I'm just uh, <laughs> throwing out the the objective facts that I have placed in front of me. Is that uh, this this has never been done before? So um, you know that it's, it's a yeah, fact. And, I can't and, say and, about and, it. And I, I know that there, there's never been a social media begging to be a, a part of a conference. This, this is also a first because uh, I'm going to be putting this on my website and on my Facebook page uh, for all of the. You know, it, it's kind of like Oscar voting. You know, like when people put all that uh, media stuff out there. This is this is voting for national conference, and uh, this is my public begging of uh, doing that. So, so, so thank you, selection committee. Thank you for for uh, for for uh, uh, for considering uh, the awesome. Um, and one of a kind and never before done family medicine social media session at National Conference 2012. Does that sound okay? <laughs> that sounded outstanding. And with, with your involvement with uh, you know NCSC and uh, chairing that and trying to figure out, uh, I'm sure you were involved with some selection process there. Uh, uh, and, and just knowing how many uh, very very good proposals you get. Um, and going through those and picking, you know, which ones are going to be the most effective um, for for everyone attending. It's it's such a difficult decision um, because there's so many there's so many family physicians, attending physicians, residents, and even students that that are putting um, proposals out there to to be an exhibitor at national conference. It's amazing, um, and and I just hope that it continues to be be that way that we have so many to, to to look at and that we have so many people that are enthusiastic about you know presenting something that really interests them at at, at, a, at a venue um in such a such a high level um and uh on such a high stage uh nationally so oh absolutely uh, absolutely <laughs> i uh, i i was uh no seriously i was i i was chair of the planning committee a few years ago um and uh you know i was there i, I and i was i was you know on that committee as a as a resident and student and going through all through those proposals and uh, it can be really tough 
it can be really tough trying to figure out, you know, not only what's good, but, you know, what do the people want? What do the residents and students want? Because we, we get feedback from previous years as far as these are the topics that we would want to see. Um, and going through that process, I mean, it's a great process. It's a grueling process. Um, but, uh, you know, for this year, I'll make it really easy to, uh, you know, vote for me. <laughs> um, well, that's, so, uh, that's one down and many, many more to go, I guess, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, let me ask you one more question on, on this topic. Uh, as far as this, this committee weekend that is, uh, that's coming up, because I'm going to, I'm going to put this section on my, on my blog and, uh, on the website and Facebook too. Uh, what, what, what are you hoping as a resident leader? What are you hoping as a family medicine leader uh, to, to get out of this weekend uh, from your, you know, resident and medical student team of people uh, coming into this, um, uh, you know, what do you hope will happen during those three and four days of those committee meetings? Well, for one, um, I, I hope that uh, we, uh, as resident student leaders, we're able to, to come together um, to share ideas, um, to share our perspectives from the different parts of the country, um, to figure out, uh, you know, what, what, what are things that are residents uh, over that, uh, in the Northwest that I have no idea um, what their interests are because I don't practice in that environment, uh, or, or, or residents at larger programs, uh, failing medicine residencies, or, or in, in different locations, non-military, obviously, um, civilian programs, uh, just to, to share ideas, to share information, to kind of uh, figure out a consensus on certain certain issues. Um, so that that's going to be really really important is information sharing um, and, and trying to figure out consensus for what what uh, what we can do to kind of help everybody out in the process. Uh, the, the big thing in that being, family medicine is such a, a large scope of of everything. So very difficult to incorporate everyone's ideas as with anything, but uh, kind of. Bringing bringing those ideas to the table and uh, and, and coming up with uh, with ways that we can get uh, business done appropriately uh, for for the specialty for the residents and the interests of students to to bring more bright uh, young students into into our specialty. Uh, the other big thing um, that that I love to do is for all the first time uh, residents and student leaders there is to to like you were saying before mentoring. Um, Learning their leadership styles, learning learning what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, um, even you know feedback for established leaders that are that are going to be there, um, what 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 they think their their weaknesses are, and, and kind of um, uh, may, maybe bring certain ideas to the table as far as how how we can become effective leaders um, for everybody, no matter what stage of leadership um, training they're in. So that would be that would definitely be effective. Um, I know that we're having a, a mentor dinner as well um, with board members, some AAP board members and president and president elect, and they're going to bring they're, they're going to uh, take uh, the, the resident student leaders out to, to to share information with them. So I really hope that uh, they're able to pick their minds as far as where they got to where they are, um, and, and with any committee and commission member or subcommittee member um, to to pick their brains. How did you get where you are right now? How can I be where you're you're at in your career? Um, and, and challenge the, 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 the younger leaders there to 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 go up to to these certain you know to, to the mentors that that could possibly go into the, that that being their next job uh, in life. So a lot there's a lot that you can do. It's such a limited time, um, and and I'm, I'm 
glad we have this opportunity. I'm glad we have a second cluster meeting this year to, to be able to have another opportunity for this to happen as well. Well, what's going to, what's really going to be fun for you, I think, is that um, you know you're a, you're a board member, and uh, this year you're the chair of the meeting, which are probably the, the top two leadership uh, positions. Um, there's nothing for you to run for, basically. And, uh, <laughs> and what's going to be fun for you is the mentorship role. I mean, which I know that you love, and I've seen you do it, is is to try to get people to say, hey, you know, you should really run for this position in the summer, or you should really, you know, um, you know, do this, or you should really, um, you know, speak up at the meeting, or you should really, um, you know, write a resolution uh, for the summertime. Uh, that's going to be really fun for you because, I mean, it's, um, you know, there's no pressure on you. I mean, it's, and, and, and can, you can really, you know, give back and you can really look out for other people and, and, and recognize people's uh, leadership strengths and say, hey, I think you should, you can fit in this role well, you can fit in that role well. Um, I see that being a very, very fun thing for you coming up for this uh, committee weekend. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun, for sure. Um, being uh, a former delegate, former board member, current chairman, um, having those positions um, to go on and, and, and to, to, to share um, my experiences in each of those positions and to try and identify everyone's strengths um, and to figure out, you know, you know you'll be great in this. You should run, like you're saying, you should run for this. Uh, you should do these things. So, and, and also for them to, to reach out and, find someone who, who they should get to run um, for certain things and, and for make, making sure that they, they have themselves out there and, and, and to make themselves accessible to other new leaders that would take on their roles before they move forward. Uh, and that will be very important uh, to do. So I, I feel like all around we have a lot of opportunity to not only strengthen the people that are there, um, uh, but to, to continue on um, the leadership training to make sure that uh, nobody – falls out off the radar to, to continue their, their path on the leadership trail as well as to bring in bring in new leaders eventually. Um, and we have a few minutes left here tonight on the line with us. We have uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. Please follow him on Twitter because uh, he's getting back to it. Uh, he is uh, BernieMD31 on Twitter. Also check out his uh, uh, the blog of Future Family Medicine, and we should uh, finish up that point uh, at the at the end of that uh, post. Uh, you have some goals. Number one, I'm going to write uh, one blog post within the month to try to generate some posts uh, from the authors on the blog. We'll find one interesting article published in the news within the past 24 hours about family medicine and primary care and tweet the article. And number three, I will participate in one Twitter chat this month, topic to be determined. So definitely uh, I support you on that. Um, but um, the, the last question, I, 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 and I was curious about, and, and uh, I didn't know if I was going to ask, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, you know, you went to Penn State, um, and uh, you know, there's been you know a, a lot talked about uh, about Joe Paterno, about the death of Joe Paterno, and uh, the Twitter has been very interesting as far as seeing how people react have reacted to that. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, looking back, or when you heard the news, or you know, because from what I remember, I mean, there was. There was reports of his death, but then he was in critical condition, and then the next day they announced his death. And what was kind of going through your mind during all during all of that? Well, for one, um, I the, the second he stopped coaching, I knew uh, look, you know looking at Bear Bryant, uh, just very two similar coaches. I, I knew that once he were to stop coaching, um, I couldn't I couldn't see him um, surviving retirement that long um, because. It was what he loved doing, um, and and to have the whole scandal thrown on top of that, uh, um, you know, 
Matt Millen said it best uh, when when he said he died of a broken heart. Um, he did. And he lost he lost his job. Um, football was everything to him. And then then he had something else on his conscience that uh, uh, you know in retrospect he wished he would have done more more about. Uh, I'm not going to get into any of that, uh, but uh, um, but it, it's definitely been hard. Um, I I still have yet to form my own reaction to the whole situation. Um, to be honest with you, um, the only thing I ever really posted on it was uh, the, at the point where everything was going crazy on Twitter and he was in critical condition. And then you know, like you're saying back and forth about you know, did he die? Did he not die? Whatever the case may be, the only thing I really posted on was that he was in critical condition, and that was the only fact that I knew of um, that I had. Um, but just it's it's been difficult, you know. One not being there in 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 the area, um, you know, not being able to to go to the services, not being able to to go, um, not even be able to watch the funeral um, because of the hours, you know, you know, being in the hospital and not having time to to do so. It's just I feel like I've been so so far removed from the situation, but it's it's a situation that hits so close to home. It's been very difficult to not only formulate my own feelings, but to to be in the situation with a lot of my, you know, my former classmates, um, uh, my former fraternity brothers, uh, just everyone that I was involved with in that community and I'm still involved with, um, that uh, I've definitely lost touch with a lot of them through, through medical training um, over the past um, several years um, to, to see them all being able to come together um, and me not, not, not being able to, to be a part of that. Uh, it, it's definitely, definitely been, uh, another level of uh, difficulty as far as getting through the whole situation, but uh, uh, it's it, it's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, my wife is a, is a Penn State alum as well, um, and and she's you know obviously down here in Florida with me too. Um, she's been able to be in contact with a lot more more people and a lot more um, uh, as far as staying up with the situation. Um, that she's been she's had the opportunity to do a lot more of that, but. Uh, for me, it's definitely been a lot, very difficult to keep up with everything to, and still to form my own reaction to the whole situation, to kind of look at the whole several months and, and, and just to, to look at everything. It's, it's tough. It's, it's very, very tough. Um, and it, when you're in Florida, you're, you're in Pensacola, and you're the only Penn State alumni in the area, um, we, have an, we have an alumni association here. We watch football games with them, but at the hospital – there was one other Penn State alum that I knew of, um, and, and he was deployed. So I, it was pretty much me. He was the only one left there um, as an alum. And, you know, everyone asked me for my reaction. Being asked all these questions by everyone around you who didn't go to school and not familiar with the situation and not having the time to, to really reflect on the, the whole issue, um, I, I felt like it was, it was very, very overwhelming um, in, in that respect. So. I guess to be determined uh, as far as how 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 I'm going to eventually form a reaction to it. Well, I mean, th- thank you for for sharing that. I mean, uh, I know with, with everything going on with your you know with your job and career, and and uh, that might have been a little bit out of bounds to, to ask that, but uh, I was curious and I asked, and, and thank you for for sharing uh, those you know, very very raw uh, thoughts um, at this point. And I know as time goes on, that you'll be. Um, you know, forming more thoughts and maybe even sharing them um, on the blog or 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 through other uh, other means. Uh, but uh, let me uh, let me end um, uh, this nice chat kind of as we began uh, talking about uh, intern year. As you look towards the end of your first year of residency and you're halfway through, 
what do you have left? Uh, are there certain rotations that you're looking forward to uh, diving into uh, towards the end of the uh, academic year? Let's see. Uh, I'm on surgery right now. I love surgery. I love I love cutting. I love injecting. I love sewing. I love it all. Um, people ask me why don't I become a surgeon? Well, because I like doing everything else too. So I'm having a lot of fun on surgery right now. Um, I'm looking forward to the next couple weeks that I'm still on it. Um, uh, tomorrow, my uh, the only other uh, visit. They they bring in uh, two surgery residents that are Air Force um, to to kind of be the surgical residents for the Naval Hospital. Um, both of them are going to be out tomorrow. We'll be first assisting on every case. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm very excited about it. Um, so that that's tomorrow. Um, so that'll be great. Uh, so I'm really enjoying surgery. I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the time. Um, I, I do OB next. So a little bit of a, um, a, of a change as far as shifting gears. Uh, I haven't had OB since my third year in medical school, so it'll be quite interesting um, to get thrown right back into there um, and uh, delivering babies and going to C-sections. But, again, going from surgery to OB is pretty sweet because I'm going to be used to cutting and sewing. So it'll it'll be a skill that I'm, I'm, I'm becoming proficient at and being able to continue. Um, and then the rest of the year I still have another um, uh, medicine, uh, internal medicine, um, inpatient rotation. Uh, I have another bout on uh, my foot, um, as well as uh, orthopedics, and um, and we uh, we do a month of military medicine where we go to the different areas um, within uh, pre-deployment um, health. Um, uh, when with some of our military um, coming back, um, having them uh, evaluated uh, both uh, physically, mentally. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. I'm um, looking at operational medicine, um, spending time with the flight surgeons and the diet um, doctors, and and learning uh, learning what they do and uh, and how what what their roles are within the military. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a really really cool and neat experience that uh, you, you don't really get unless you're in the military or if you have a desire to do an elective and you're looking to go military. So I really like that that's that's part of our uh, of our internship. We get to a little bit of the uh, military experience. So that's pretty much the uh, the end of uh, end of my year, uh, what it's looking like. And um, like I said, really looking forward to it. Cool, cool. Well. Uh... We've been talking to uh, Dr. Kevin Bernstein, family medicine resident, Naval Hospital in Pensacola, Florida. You can follow him on Twitter at 30MD31. Also, uh, check out the blog at futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. And uh, also, uh, Navy Medicine. I forgot to uh, to mention that. Uh, that's, uh, that is good stuff. Uh, Navy Medicine, uh, just search for it. I think it's Navy Medicine. Navy Lab. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of dots in there. So just just search uh, Google Navy Medicine Live, and uh, you'll uh, you'll find that there. So uh, that's a pretty good gig. I would, uh, um, I'm glad that they found you for that. So that's uh, it's good stuff. Absolutely, I'm glad that they're uh, they're really uh, taking social media um, by storm. Uh, they're really doing a good job uh, in the public affairs um, section of uh, the of BUMED up in DC. Um, not being afraid of social media, but using it to their advantage to spread the message of Navy medicine and all the great things that they do, not only here stateside, but humanitarian efforts and the, the, the health care that we provide to our Marines and sailors all across the world. It's, it's great to be able to have that platform to use to spread the message. Cool. Cool. Any, uh, any closing thoughts for us uh, here this evening, my friend, uh, as always a uh, great job on the show here. This evening, anything I forgot or, and, and, and I guess you want to pump up or, or 
shout out or anything else tonight for us? Well, uh, obviously, shout out to my fellow interns and residents uh, at the Naval Hospital, uh, where we are the best residency program in the Navy and in nice. the military. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, unless someone can uh, improve me otherwise, uh, we we are the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are the go, first. Uh, we are we are the first NCQA uh, uh, level three medical home uh, in the military. Uh, we were the first medical home, period, in the military, and we do it the best. Um, and I can't wait to be a second year and be on a normal resident schedule where I'll be able to take call and uh, feel like that I'm not doing shift work anymore. <laughs> all, right, all right. I think uh, I think next time I'll see you will be in May uh, at the big uh, National Conference Special Constituencies meeting, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. be presenting there. And we'll be uh, catching up there and causing trouble. Uh, and of course, you know, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you in July when I present our the awesome, most best uh, session that uh, the National Conference has ever seen on social media, family medicine. Vote for us. Vote for us. Uh, so, it's really, it's really pathetic. Oh, yeah. Uh, something that I did put out on a tweet is that uh, you know I'm I'm uh, I'm afraid of Glenn Stream. I'm I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid of the president of the American Academy of Physicians. I've been. Stealing his quote, I've been I've been writing out, I've been milking that quote um, all year, um, and I've actually never met him in person, so I'm actually afraid of him. And um, I really? think his goons are going. No, I've I've never met him um, because you know maybe it's because all the guards around him and uh, telling him not to talk to me. Um, but um, but you know, hey, I when I meet him, he'll probably slug me. I, I don't know. Can you give me any insight on that, my friend? No, he, he won't slug you. Uh, he, he he definitely uh, idolizes uh, you for sure, and uh, the things that you do uh, for uh, getting your message out there. Um, and uh, he, I think he, him and uh, obviously our social media staff and our media um, staff at uh, the AFP are doing a a, a better job at uh, social media use. And I think they're making a, a valiant attempt, and uh, I, I hope they get better at it. And uh, uh, I think he's trying to model um, a lot of things that you're doing, um, uh, you know, to try and get that accomplished. So I'm sure he won't slug you. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll probably try and pick your brain. <laughs> well, he, he won't he, he won't hug me. Do you think he'll hug me? I'm, I don't know if I'm a hugger. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Is think he a hugger? You. No. Uh, maybe, 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 we'll do a, maybe we'll do a fist bump. Maybe we'll uh, you know. Yes, we'll, actually, uh, he'll, he'll he'll definitely do that. Well, we'll we'll do a we'll do a photo op at uh, NCSC. We'll do a fist bump and uh, we'll put it on my blog, and it'll be awesome. Oh yeah, he, he's looking. He's definitely looking forward to meeting you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, have have fun during the committee weekend. I, I really wish I could be there. I, well, I feel like I'm going to be there with all the tweets you guys are going to be doing, but I really wish I could be there to cause some trouble. And uh, to mentor and to to see all those you know the the, the enthusiasm, especially of the new uh, residents and students uh, who are going to be there and just going to want to change the world. And it's it's, it's um, and I know you know that you've said this too. Uh, you know it's just it's just energizing when you go to these meetings. Uh, it helps it helps center you. It helps center me and say this is why I went into medicine in the first place. This is why I. Uh, I am a part of the AAFP. This is why I want to be part of committees is to be part of the solution and, and not part of the problem. And uh, I, I really wish I could be there with you guys. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh you'll you'll definitely be there in spirit and uh we'll definitely uh be uh tweeting out and uh messaging out as much as we're uh we're allowed to. <laughs> cool, cool. Well Kevin Bernstein, thank you so much uh for being with us. We will definitely uh talk down the road here and uh we just have a couple of minutes left here. I'll take a, a short break. And uh, I will give a shout-out to a, a new show here on the uh, Blog Talk Radio Network. Uh, we will be right back. we got less than three minutes left, but we'll get this in really quick. Bye, right back. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. the Family Medicine Rocks podcast right here on Block Talk Radio. There's a new show here on the Block Talk Radio Network, just uh, premiered tonight by my uh, good friend uh, Steve, and uh, he has a show called uh, Work to Lose It. And uh, here is a uh, 90-second clip here um, about uh, what he is doing. Today I thought I would open up with just a little bit more about who I am and why and how I got here. Well, I am uh, going to be 50 this year. I was always kind of a good-sized child. Back in the days when I grew up, um, the clothing labels would typically have husky. So I guess you could describe me as a husky child, big-boned. I um, was growing up, uh was tall, good-sized kid for my age. I think I stopped growing when I was around age 12, 13, and I'm at my current height of 6 foot 4. And was always kind of big-boned, I guess, as we um, like to call ourselves. Um, actually, um, I was in the Air Force, and after I completed my boot camp, I was weighing in at 240 pounds. So I've always been kind of a solid-built guy. And then uh, after I left the service and went into my adult years and everything, I didn't grow any taller, but I did grow and expand a little bit to my present weight, which I will disclose at a later time. Yes. What is his weight? I guess he'll he'll, uh, he'll share that in, in a later show, but... Uh, I encourage you to check out his show here. I, he's, uh, I know him locally here, and uh, I've kind of really uh, encouraged him to get into uh, social media, uh, especially Block Talk Radio here, and uh, he's doing a great job. He had a 30-minute show here uh, tonight, and uh, you can uh, check his show out at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash work to lose it, and it's a number two, work, the number two, lose it, and his name is Steve. And uh, they're pretty geeky, you know. I, I, I can I can give them props on the the geek uh, credentials. And uh, he has a blog, uh, worktolosit dot uh, com or worktolosit dot blogspot dot com, and also a, a Facebook uh, page for the blog. Um, and also he's working on Twitter a little bit as well. So we'll show him some love over there. Uh, you know, somebody in healthcare. He's in healthcare um, and uh, uh, sharing his. 
uh, weight loss journey and uh, things he's going to be doing or sharing some recipes, sharing some things he's doing as far as iPhone apps. Um, His next show uh, will be on February 9th at, I believe, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, um, talking about iPhone apps and how he's doing to track his progress there. So uh, so thank you so much there, Steve. Uh, Good luck to you. Um, I know I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but uh, check out his show. Uh, give him a follow over there. Show him some love. Uh, and uh, just another guy, uh, you know, sharing his story out here on uh, social media. Uh, a unique story for him because uh, he's uh, on his uh, weight loss uh, journey. So good luck to you. And uh, maybe we'll bring him on this show or maybe I'll go on his show. And uh, that'll be that'll be fun as well. Uh, so that's all I have for you here this evening. Uh, my thanks to Dr. Kevin Bernstein, my good friend, uh, uh, family medicine resident, uh, Naval Hospital, Pensacola, Florida. Follow him on Twitter at uh, BernieMD31. And uh, check out the blog at uh, futureoffamilymedicine.blogspot.com. We also have a, a Facebook page for the Future of Family Medicine blog. Shout out to all my good friends that are going out to the AAFP uh, committee meetings coming up in the uh, beginning of uh, February. Wish I could be there. And uh, so all of you can make fun of me, but I guess you can make fun of me on Twitter anyway. So I'll feel like I'll feel like that I'm there. Uh, so uh, that's all I have for you here uh, this evening. Uh, my name is Mike Savella. Check out my website at uh, familymedicinerocks.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dr. Mike Savella, D-R, uh, Mike Savella. And uh, should I be having some shows coming up uh, this weekend? And, uh, hey, you know, it's, it's it's a good time out here, kids. It's a good time to be in social media. It's a good time to be in medicine. Uh, just having, having a good time. So have a good rest of the week, and I'm going to have a, a show this weekend. So we're going to have a good time there. Uh, that's all I have for you this evening. My name is Mike Savella. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.